0: Man, the goodness of God has been on display this weekend, hasn't it? Amen? Yeah. This has been a superb missions conference, all thanks to everybody that's participated, our visiting missionaries. Um, I got to give credit to, to Nick Stadler and the, as technical director, the praise team, everybody coming together has made this a great missions conference. Um, I want to point out a couple things. There are tables out in the long hallway. Please sign up for their newsletters. You leave your name, your email, and you'll get a monthly newsletter. And You can hear of God's work, God's kingdom work being done all around the world. Today we have um, missionaries. We have uh, Gerald and Debbie May from Japan. (laughs) And we have um, Bob and Hope Carter from Kenya. And we have, where are they? Oh, David Frank from Spain. And he was our keynote speaker Friday night. And um, the last song that we sang where uh, Waymaker, even though we don't see it, he's working. David Frank gave a wonderful message Friday night about devotion, even when we don't see it. He's working, but we have to stay devoted. It was it was it was wonderful. And we have our speaker for today. We have Ed and Vicky Germain. Germain, sorry. (laughs) Ed and Vicky Germain. And they are from International Students. And we are very blessed to have Mr. Ed Germain, speak to us today. Thank you.
1: He was trying to make me, he trying to make me French. Germain, I'm German, you know. Hey, long time no see. It's good to be back. You guys guys have a great church. I don't know if you know it or not. I hope you know it. Uh, It's really special. Uh, you're salt of the earth people, and uh, you know just being here. Um, I, somebody told me I was here in '96, and so you know some of you had to endure for a long time. But I tell you, Vicky and I love coming back here. It's truly special. There's a lot of love here, and um, so it's good to be part of it. Thank you. Um, I want to thank the mission committee. I have never eaten so much in so short a period of time. Um, <laughs> literally. Pastor Tanner did not exaggerate. We were still sitting eating breakfast when lunch was being served. It was like absolutely insane. And, but it's always good. Now, I did get off to a rough start. You know, I'm just going to tell you, I got off to a rough start. So we didn't get here Saturday morning because, anyway, we didn't get here Saturday morning. Blame Highway 40 but by Durham, but I, that's an excuse. But nevertheless, you know, I'm an old guy, right? You people up there, I'm an old guy. Um, I come across, I'm an old guy. And um, I don't want to look like an old guy. Nobody wants to look like an old guy, even old guys. And so I really went out of my way to spiff up and not look like an old guy. And I was feeling pretty good about it, looked in the mirror, said, I don't look like an old guy. And um, got in the car, drove an hour and a half to get here, and uh, still felt like I didn't look like an old guy. And got here for breakfast. And then I was devastated, absolutely devastated, because sitting right at my table was an old guy, Ken Southerd, <laughs> And he was dressed just like me. It was really, really hard, but I, I did my best. I think I recovered, but, uh, because Ken Southard is an old guy. Um, you know. <laughs> anyway, I, love the, uh, I, I really do love the emphasis on praying. To Lord the Harvest, to send out workers to the harvest, that's that's where it should start. It's you know, I was I've already been convicted in my own soul, in my own heart, of how little I have actually done that. Um, here I am, one of the people going out into the harvest. And how little I've prayed that prayer. So you've already convicted me just by your theme, and I and I thank you for it. Um, and so I'm thinking, all right, so so I go to the Lord. And you guys asked me to come, and, I, and there's the theme that's convicting to me. So what message, you know, it's not what message do I come up with, do I find. It's not like that. At least it doesn't work that way for me. Because all I am is a messenger boy. I can have like a little, he's talking about how I dress, I can have a little hat on. All I do is I can be the mail carrier. I'm just, I just deliver the message. And so what message would the Lord have me to deliver? And um, so it, it certainly could have been. It could have talked about um, the need for workers. Could have talked about the different fields. Could have talked about the, um, you could go to Spain, right, and uh, and join the Franks, so you can go to any part of Africa, apparently, and, and, and join the Carters. Um, or you could go to Japan, uh, and, I'm sorry, Japan the maize and join the and I don't know if I got the names right, but you, go to, you can go to any of these places and join any of these people, but that's not what the Lord has laid on my heart to talk about. What the Lord's laid on my heart is to talk about the Lord of the harvest himself, um, to, to talk about the message that we're bringing into the field um, and the reason we're bringing the message into the fields. That's what the Lord of the harvest. Has laid upon me to talk about today. Um, So let's talk about God. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about and celebrate Jesus and celebrate God. And the best way I know how to do that when it comes to missions is to rejoice about the the salvation that that God has has given to us as individuals to to, um, to rejoice, to rejoice that you're not going to hell. Don't get tired of that. Um, and make, that, that's my prayer for today, even though you know, I'm praying what God has laid on my heart. I'm not, I didn't go to God and say, Lord, would you do this? Lord said, do this. And I prayed, Lord, would you do this? Would you restore unto us the joy of our salvation? Because that is right after praying, you know, for the Lord to the Lord to harvest. That's the that's the imp, that's the imp, that's the, the, the impetus. That's the motivation. That's the joy. So what I'm about to share today is is the essence of missions, rejoicing in the Lord. The kind of missions talk that comes from our hearts, from the overflow of our joy. The Great Commission, you know, it, it becomes a phrase. Um it, it doesn't have to be burdensome. You know, the, the 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 apostle John wrote in one of his epistles that God's commands are not burdensome. But how often is the Great Commission burdensome? Because it's like, oh, it's something we've got to do. Instead of something we want to do, something we beg God to let us do. Um and so It's a privilege. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to be talking about God. I'm going to be talking about Jesus. Same, same. And I'm going to be talking about the message I received, the salvation I received. And I implore you, beseech you, beg you, ask you, Remember, you were going to hell. And you're going to heaven. And you remember what it was like? I remember what it was like. You know, I've got my testimony. You've got yours. It doesn't matter if you were 3 or if you were 30 or if you are 80. My father came to Christ when he was 85 and died a week later doesn't matter. Um, But so just buckle up, bear with me, because I'm going to be Ed, because I don't know how to be anybody else. So here we go. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, saved and sanctified I am. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. (laughs) Now, if that's true, (laughs) don't encourage me too much. (laughs) If that's true, and it is true, I've been redeemed. Now, why would I not want to sing? Who would not want to sing? I was a condemned man condemned, I was condemned to eternally die and to be banned from all goodness, to be living in eternal darkness in in a place of evil, so bad that I was part of the evil. Evil was all over me. I was part of the evil. But God, does this get old? But God, who is rich in mercy, redeemed me from the pit forgave my sins, took my penalty, paid the price, saved me, forgave me, I am grateful to God. I am thankful for God, and my my heart sings for joy. And on a day like this, when someone says, talk about missions, Lord, what am I going to say? Talk about me. Talk about what I did for you. And remind the people what I did for them. And God forbid it stops with them. Now, I may say this again because I'm cheating on my own notes, but somewhere in my notes it says, aren't you glad that salvation didn't end with the person right before you? And so with the person who is led to Christ by somebody. So my heart sings for joy on days like this, and I sing. And, and realizing I've been redeemed, I've been saved, I've been rescued, I've been delivered, I've been freed. These aren't just words, theological, you know, church words to me. They're not just church words. I was, you know, I, sometimes I'm going to say I, sometimes I'm going to say we. So just forgive me for you English people. I'm, I'm an English person, sort of. But I was in a spiritual dungeon. I know where I was. I was in a spiritual Dungeon. And the only one who had the power and authority to free me did that very thing. And he freed me. And he put a smile on my face. I mean, I don't go around smiling all the time, but kind of a lot. And I was just the opposite. To get a smile out of me was, I mean, you really did something to get a smile out of me. And now to, you know, keep me down, you really got to pull a humdinger to keep me down. Because I know... Where I was, y'all, y'all know about the. And I still say I really do say y'all sincerely. Um, y'all know about Andrew Brunson, that missionary in Turkey. Most of us know about him. Um, well, it just so happens that we go to his. We, we we are members of his home church, and his family goes there. And you should have seen when he was freed. You know, he was he was. If anybody has heard his testimony or his, or anything. He went into a deep depression, spiritual and otherwise, thinking that God had abandoned him. And he was was losing his grip. It was dark and and dark in every way in that that dungeon, in that prison in Turkey. You should have seen the celebration in that church when news came that Andrew is free. And the smile on the family's face, the mama, the papa, they go to the church, it was, it, was quite, it was quite the scene. You can imagine it. Well, I've been set free. You see, I've got my testimony. You got yours? I've been set free from a, a prison far worse than any prison in Turkey, and Turkey was nasty from what I hear. I mean, I was, I was, I've been set free from the powers of hell itself. I was bound by the the powers of hell, themselves, itself. But I I was declared not guilty before God by God. How did that happen? What did I do? I was doomed. The Supreme Judge, Jesus Christ, pardoned me out of nowhere, seemingly, except it was in the counsel of God before the foundation of the earth. And he gave me opportunity. And he came into my dark, nasty, stinking, filthy, evil prison and said, you want out? I said, I'm not sure. You want out? There's one way out. And I'm the way out. You want out? I want out. He freed me. As far as my, my sins, is, as far as the east is from the west, he took away my sins. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. The wrath of God has been satisfied. He paid for my redemption. How did he pay for my redemption? How much did it cost? Who paid? Who did he pay it to? I want to know. I want to know. He paid, for with the, he paid for our blood, with, our redemption with his blood, the life, the blood of the Son of God. Let me tell you his name, Jesus Christ. He came from heaven. He came from God. He came from being in the very form of God because he is God. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Places like Philippians 2 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God the Son empties himself. You want to talk about a mystery? Anybody want to try to empty themselves right now? And I know that has connotations, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You you want to try to empty yourself right now? How do you empty yourself? Jesus Christ, God, triune, somehow, empties himself and takes the form of one of us by coming out of a woman's body. God comes forth out of a woman's body I, I, and redeemed our souls and gives us eternal life with God. You bet I bow my knee. I bow my knee, I bow my nose, I bow my eyebrows. If I got anything that can bow, I bow it. I bow my knee, oh yes, I've confessed. He's my Lord, Jesus Christ. That's his name. To take away the sins of anyone who believes in him. Do you believe in him? I believe in him. You know, it's, it's let's, so here, here's Jesus Let's, let's eavesdrop. Here's Jesus talking to some, you know, we, we, through some kind of walking time machine here, we can listen in as Jesus is talking to some Pharisee at nighttime. Thousands, couple thousand and more years ago, some dude named Nicodemus. Shh, let's listen to what he says. Here's Jesus talking, John 3. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only Son, And whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I believe in you, Jesus. Now, you know, I can never. It was really important to me um, to understand when the guy I got saved through a radio station. I was living in the Bronx. You know, that's just another story. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it in a minute. But I was saved through a radio station and. And my life was in a lot of danger because of a lot of stupid things I did. And if I stopped doing the stupid things I did, my life was really in a lot of danger. But if I believed in Jesus, then I had to stop the stupid things I was doing. And then there were consequences. That didn't happen, by the way. So I, when the guy said, the guy on the radio said, if you believe in Jesus, you won't go to hell. I said, are you sure? He assured me he was sure. And I asked him, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? Because I didn't want to, you know, make any mistakes. If I think believing in Jesus means this, but believing in Jesus means that, then I'm about to make the stupidest decision I ever made in my life. Well, I, I got that down to, here's what it means to believe in Jesus. He, he, he gave a, about a three-month explanation. I'll give it in, in four letters. And I've said this before in this church. R-O-T-C. To believe in Jesus, what, what the Bible means by believing in Jesus, means R, rely, O, obey, T, trust, and C, cling. Pistuo, um, the Greek word, the verb. Anyway, rely, obey, trust, and cling. No, when you, what it means is to believe in Jesus means you're not, you, you don't hedge your bets. It's all in. Every one of you are relying on that, on, on those pews, aren't you? That they'll hold you up. You're not like, like really, you're not putting your weight on your legs in case the pew um, disintegrates. You're relying on the pew. It's all in on Jesus. No hedging your bets. All in and obey. Yes, you're gonna fail, but you're committed. That means to fulfill the commands of another. I am committed to obey Jesus. You know I'm gonna fail, but I'm committed to repent and try again. Because you can't believe in Jesus without striving to obey Him. And to trust means to put something into the care of another. I've put everything I've got, I've put my soul, I've put my life. When, when things go bad and you, this makes no sense. Andrew Brunson in prison, hanging on by a thread. Have you ab- abandoned me, God? God, help me. I'm about to just say I don't believe anymore. Help me, God. I trust you. I can't see a thing. I trust you. And cling. Cling means to adhere to, to resist separation. And so when the world says to you, you idiot, you cling to Jesus. Now, I know Jesus has you in his hand, and nothing, nobody, no way will get you out of his hand. But we're told to hold on to Jesus. When the world tempts us, when everything screams that it's a lie, that's a lie. The, the, the lie is a lie. Jesus is the truth. Rely, obey, trust, and, and 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 cling to Jesus. And you know what, what the Father does for those of us? You know what the Father did for me? You know what the Father did for me because I believe in Jesus? It's in Colossians 1:13 through 14, he did it for you too. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He transferred me. He transferred me. It's like a heavenly crane came down. I promise I'll put it back. A heavenly crane came down. This is me. I was, and he went and said, you're now in the kingdom, my, my beloved son. No power, nothing, nobody can take you out of my hands. He transferred me. I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through His infinite mercy, His child and forever I am. I'm excited about that. And that's why we're talking about missions. How do your world do you do missions? If you're not excited about the salvation that God's given you and me, I don't know. must be like two gritted teeth. The prophet Zephaniah, way back when, Zephaniah 317, you don't have this up yonder, said, the Lord your God, (laughs) the Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love he will rejoice over you with singing now ain't that a hoot God rejoices over you with singing you mothers out there even you fathers too but you know mothers are easier You ever sing to your children when they are little? And just sing for joy, for the, in, in the, whatever that is that God put in you, mothers? And the joy, I mean, it wasn't just like calming a child or, or whatever, but your child could have been asleep, and you're just full of that mother stuff. And you just sing over your child. That is how God feels about you. You realize that, do you know that, dare I say this, I have an aroma? (laughs) And the aroma I have, the Bible says, I have the aroma of Christ to God. So when our firstborn was born, Charlotte, I, had a, I was one of the early Lamaze papas, and it really felt weird, you know? And anyway, I had to go through. I had to. Or else my, you know, my wife's getting bigger, and she said, we're doing this together. I said, I'm not pregnant. Oh, no, no, we are pregnant. I said, no, you're pregnant. No, we are pregnant. And anyway, I had to go through all that stuff. Anyway, I thought I was all prepared. I was all prepared, and I did everything Right sort of you know even though i got in trouble during the labor because i said some stupid things and but i did everything right and baby charlotte was born and i'm holding charlotte and i knew i was all prepared i i read all the books i did all the practicing i was all prepared but nobody told me about one thing charlotte didn't just smell like a baby i thought all babies smelled like you know Baby powder, talcum powder, whatever babies smell like. You know, I mean, the nice smell. I thought babies, all babies smelled alike, I thought. But no. Charlotte had a special sweaty smell. And when I went home from that hospital, my chest was filled with the memory and this love, and this feeling, this this smell, this aroma, this aroma of Charlotte to her daddy. I couldn't wait to get back to that hospital to sniff her head. Jesus, apparently, has such an aroma to his father. And the Bible tells us that we have been given the aroma of Christ to God. His child and forever I am. But in order for all that to happen, there was a bit of a problem. Huge problem because, you know, God knows. I trust God. I don't understand why all this is needed. I don't understand it all. But there had to be a sacrificial lamb. There had to be an innocent lamb to pay for all of our sins for forever. He provided a way, but it was impossible. Who, he, God provided a way, and that, that way for our sin to be placed on a perfect lamb who was utterly innocent, infinitely pure, not a tinge of sin, utterly pure. Go get me such a lamb, and your sins will be forgiven, and you can come to heaven. You guys got one of those lambs? Anybody got one of those lambs? I ain't got one of those lambs. Anybody got one of those lambs? And God looked, and he knew, there's no such lamb on earth. It was impossible for us to go to heaven and to be called sons and daughters of God and to have the aroma of Christ to God unless God provided the lamb. Who has such blood? Only in heaven could could such blood be found. But there's, he's, he's spirit, he's spirit. And so he leaves the form of God and takes the form of man and comes out of a woman's body and has flesh and has blood and it's pure, absolutely pure. 33-plus years, not one sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who takes away your sins if you believe in them. Let me tell you a little more about the Lamb of God, about my Savior, Jesus Christ. This is from the number one missionary guy, the Apostle Paul in Colossians 1:15 through 22. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, for the thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, authorities, all things were created through him, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you, you, holy and blameless and above reproach before God. Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, saved and sanctified I am. All my sins are washed away, I've been redeemed. You know, my God has changed my heart. I once had a heart of stone. And now, as the Bible says, I've been given a heart of flesh, a heart that my heart belongs to Daddy. My heart belongs to God. Nobody owns my heart. Nobody has my heart but my God. But, you know, when, when, when and you know, when, um, when your heart changes, do you know your face changes too? You know, when, when someone is... I mean, we've seen it. You've all seen it. My family saw it in me. All of a sudden, I had this stupid look on my face that I never had before in my whole life. And my sister said to me, What's going on with you? I was 29. What's going on with you? I mean, What do you mean, what's going on with me? Your face. What's, your face looks like silly. What's, what, what's going on with you? And... <laughs> And I said, nothing, nothing's going on with me. She said, something's going on with you. And she said, you're in love, aren't you? You're in love. And she was absolutely right. I felt like, I, felt like an oak for Vicki, that shrewd woman over there. Um, I was in love. My heart was in love, and my face changed. When you, if you get good news, it go either way, but let's stick with the good news. If you get good news, like you no longer have cancer or you don't have cancer, and you were waiting, and and your face showed your concern, and they said, no cancer. And I mean, I've seen people, and I was waiting to hear, did did you hear back yet? Did you hear back yet? And I remember one guy in particular just recently, um, I knew he was really scared that he had a return of this cancer. And... And I missed the men's breakfast where he gave a report and then I saw him and I was going to go up to him and ask him, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, I wasn't there. And I didn't even have to ask the question because it was, eh! <laughs> and I knew he didn't have cancer. Well, I've got a lot of stories about my face changing. I'm serious. And I'm going to share one of them because I'm, I'm talking about the Lord of the Harvest. And when someone shared the gospel with me, and everything changed, this is what you call missions. Um, so I said I got, I got saved through a radio station. I, was, uh, I grew up in Manhattan, and uh, through all the trouble, so 28 years or something, 27 years in Manhattan, but I got myself in a whole lot of trouble, and a lot of people were looking for me, so I, I made this big move to the Bronx, across the East River. And, um, and I was kind of hiding out in the Bronx because they were looking for me in Manhattan. And I, uh, in that process, I accidentally wound up trying to find some great rock and roll music to go out and party. I wound up at a, a, the year was 1974-5, a long time ago. And there was a talk show on the radio. And I had no idea the guy was a Christian or whatever. Anyway, it was a talk show. And he kept saying, the Lord says, God says. I'm saying, what are you talking about, man? Nobody knows what God's thinking. No one knows what God says. Anyway, it wound up that I called in, and I argued with the guy for six months. And um, dang it, dang it if he wasn't right. Dang it, he wasn't right. (laughs) And do you know if i Do you understand if I follow Jesus, do you know what can happen to me? If you believe in Jesus, you'll go to heaven. That's what's going to happen to you. Are you sure? Do you really believe in Jesus? What do you mean to believe in Jesus? And then I went all in. I went all in. All in. Come what may, all in. Well, it didn't quite cost me what... Um, what I thought it was going to cost me, obviously. But um, I couldn't find, a, I couldn't find a, another Christian because I called the radio station. And I said, I'm one of you people now. And uh, <laughs> where do I meet you people? And they said, well, you go to your local church. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's kind of what you were saying before. And, uh, and, and what's good news, what the, what the, what the Carters were sharing, What's good news to somebody? I said, I don't know what you mean, go to your local church. I have no idea what you're talking about. What church? I'll tell you, you know, well, I'll tell you where I live. Tell me where to go. And he said, we can't do that. Why can't you do that? I said, why can't you do that? I'm one of you people now. Because, you know, I was calling the main station, not the, not the guy who led me to the Lord. Because he was piped into New Jersey, into Manhattan, over to the Bronx, and that's why I got saved. And they said, well, it's against policy to recommend one church from another. I said, but I, I said, all right, I'll give you my zip code. I'll give you, tell me three churches, you're not recommending one over the other, and I'll pick one of them. In fact, I'll go to all three. (laughs) No, we can't do that, it's against policy. And so I am born again up the wazoo, (laughs) and I cannot meet another Christian. But meanwhile, I got my sister listening to the, to the guy, because she says, what's happened to your face? Again, well, actually, it was before Vicky. What happened? What's what's going on with you? And I said, this guy on the radio. I said, I was going to hell. You're going to hell. Do you know, you're going to hell. <laughs> she, I'm not. Are you are you tell Yeah, you're going to hell. Anyway, she listened and she became a Christian. And she goes and tells my aunt, "You got to listen to this guy on the radio." And she listens and she becomes a Christian. We, for months, we were the church. Of, we were the entire Church of Jesus Christ. We had, could not meet another Christian. Anyway, I finally heard an advertisement for New York School of the Bible or something like that, in Calvary Baptist Church, 57th Street. And I, I wanted, you know, some, I was blind, but now I see, but I want to know who, 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 I want to know more about who is, who did this. And so I, anyway, I went down there and I started taking classes, Monday night School of the Bible, and I went to Wednesday night church. And one of the nights I came home, it was a dangerous journey to where I lived. And um, so I had, a, I don't remember, I think there were two, two, two subways and a bus, I think. And you had to catch the last bus somewhere in the Bronx. And it was a, that, that place in the Bronx was a place where a guy who looks like me is not supposed to be. And um, there I was at, I don't know, 11, 1130 at night, trying to catch the last bus that would drop me off on Tremont Avenue in the Bronx. And, um, and so I'm waiting for the bus, and I'm looking around, you know, I'm looking around, you know. And um, and here comes somebody, clearly drunk, clearly drunk. And I'm saying, uh, and he's disheveled, very disheveled. And I'm saying, oh, man, you know. Come on, bus. (laughs) Anyway, and then suddenly it hit me. This guy's going to... Different word on hit. This guy's going to hit me up for some money. I don't want to give this guy... I'm not going to give this guy any money. He's going to hit me up for some money. And then I said, whoa, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I forgot I was a Christian. What's a Christian supposed to do? I have no idea. What am I supposed to do if he hits me up for some money? And so I am perplexed. How does a Christian handle a drunk? And a play, and, 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 anyway, how do you handle it? I have no idea. Anyway, the guy's coming at me, and he's a piece away. All right? I'm trying to, trying to gauge, because it's dark, you know? And it says where, where, where the pastor, or Pastor Marcus, and, and he's about here, and he's coming at me. And all of a sudden, he stops. And he gives me one of these, you know? I don't know how you, you know, I don't know how the drunks do it, but they do a really good job of it, you know? Anyway, <laughs> he, 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 he sizes me up, and he, he yells something at me that I could never have anticipated. I'm ready for a fight. I'm ready for a gun. I'm ready for a knife. I'm ready for anything except what he gave me. He says, Hey! I said, what? (laughs) Are you a Christian? I said, what? (laughs) He says, and I quote. Well, I'm not ready for the quote yet. Are you a Christian? Why do you want to know? Your face. Your face, man. What about my face? It's glowing. Your face is glowing, man. Are you a Christian? I don't see any refined. He comes up to me, and I, I mean, he stinks. <laughs> and he comes up to me real close, and he says, "You're the man." I mean, yeah, I'm not going to try to act drunk here anymore. But I mean, he says to me, drunk. You're the man of God. My mother's been praying for. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I said it. I know I'm thinking, I don't think so. Um, I don't fit the category. I said, no, I did tell him. I said, I'm not the man of God your mother's been praying for. I remember that. I'm not the man of God that your mother's been praying for. You're the man of God. Your face is glowing. You're the man of God. When you become a Christian, strange things happen to you. So anyway, I'm, finally the bus comes. I'm going to get away. I don't want to be the man of God that mother's friend praying for. I just want to go home. <laughs> I get on the bus. He gets on the bus. <laughs> Sits next to me. A lot of different a lot of places. Anyway, he, he begs me to call him the next day when he's sober. He gets off the same stop I do. He goes to to the African-American section, and I walk to the Italian section. That's where I was living, all Italians and me. And um, next day I wake up, you know. It was like a dream. What do I do? I don't want to call this guy, but I'm a Christian. So I call up. I call the number. His mother answers. I mean, the guy's in his 30s and says, I said, hey, I, um, my name is Ed. I met your son Jackie last night. You're the man of God. He told me about you. Would you please come and have lunch with us? I said, where do you live? She told me where she lives. I said, ooh. I said, sure. When? Next Saturday. I can do it. It was a dangerous place. I was afraid to go, so I called my sister, and she made her go with me. And um, <laughs> we went there, and sure, I went in there, and sure enough, I go in. And anyway, it's, th- 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 this, the story goes on and on. I was hardly in there any time at all with my sister. Like, we're boogie-eyed. We can't, like, what is going on? And, she, and he, Jack kept saying his face was glowing that night, Mom. I'm telling you, his face was glowing. And all of a sudden, and banging on the door. And, 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 and the, the, the woman opens the door, and there's a crowd outside. And they said, is the man of God here yet? And they said, yes, the man of God is here. And I'm like, I, I've barely met another Christian. They said, you've got to come downstairs. Our mother's dying. I go downstairs. And I'm saying, I mean, I am just being swept along in this story. But it's me. It's like I'm watching a movie. But it's me. Anyway, I go down there. And the woman's, the woman's in, the, in the bedroom dying. And um, all these people are in the living room. a small place. And they, 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 they asked me to go in the, in, the, in, the, in the bedroom, and I go in there, and the woman's dying, and she says, is, the, is, is this the man of God? And they said, yes, this is the man of God. And she said, thank you so much for coming. Would you lay hands on me? I have absolutely no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> and I said... Where? (laughs) and she says you're a new Christian you're in your first love aren't you I said ma'am no I said lady I didn't say ma'am then I said lady I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing here I can only tell you I'm a follower of Jesus Christ I believe in Jesus Christ I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I met Jackie on a bus, I'll go on, and he got on the bus, and the next thing I knew, I'm having lunch, and the next thing I knew, I am so sorry, but I'm not who you think I am. She said, yes, you are. I said, what do you want me to do? She said, put your hand on my head and do the best prayer you can, <laughs> which I did. Now, I have no idea what happened to that woman. I do know that Jackie went to church with me then. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, why am I, why am I telling you, what, what's the point of telling you that story? Why am I delivering this message? Because this is a missions conference. I am telling you, there are miracles. There are miracles upon miracles. Anybody who gets saved, it's the biggest miracle in the world. And we're having a missions conference. You know what you do at a conference? You confer. That's what we do at conferences. We confer. We confer with one another. And this is my conferring. You know, I'm really charging you to just, in a sense, would you just forget about missions for a second? And just think about, The joy of God's salvation. Jesus did not send out those he did not save. He sent out those he saved. Jesus did not send out those. Jesus sent out those he saved from hell. He sent out those who were grateful to him. Who were overjoyed. Who were astonished and amazed that they were saved. They were like artesian wells. From what I understand about an artesian well, I don't know much about wells. I, you know, Fawcett's it's in New York. That's what I know. But I heard somebody talk about it. I looked it up. It seems right. That you can have a well, you know, you've got to pump the water up. But if you hit an artesian well, it, it has pressure, some kind of pressure, that it just pumps up by itself. That's what missions is really about. Being so grateful being so overjoyed, never forgetting the joy of God's salvation, He saved you. That 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 missions is an overflow; it just keeps coming. And that's what I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. 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 I'm getting to the end now. I really am. I was on spiritual death row. Have you ever been to death row? A real death row. I was on spiritual death row, awaiting my date to be executed for an eternal death. Jesus Christ came in and sprung me and pardoned me. And now I'm on spiritual life row, waiting for the day to come my grand entrance into eternal life. The day I die is a glorious day. Glorious. Those are the people that Jesus sent out. And so may our faces light up. Just light up. Just light up at a missions conference when we confer with one another. And if there's anybody here, I can't. It's hard to believe anybody. Anybody watching this maybe in the future sometime? One of you people, they say, hey, you got to watch this guy. I don't even know where the camera is, but I'm looking up there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still in a spiritual prison, do you think this is an accident? Anybody here? I don't know. You've been skating? You've been faking it? I don't know. You know. God knows. So I have to, you know, I can't talk about missions without saying... You want out of prison? You want out? You want a life change? In the name of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I offer you future, past, present, anybody here, anybody watching, anybody, anytime, I offer you eternal life in the name of Jesus Christ. And to those of us who have given our our hearts and our minds, uh, lives to Jesus, I just say that uh, I've lost my last page, but I found it. Um, to those of us, the rest of us, to have given our lives to Jesus, will you join me then in rejoicing today, this very day, in the salvation God has given you? And go back and remember that the good news is this. You know, again, back to the Carter's presentation, you missed it, you missed it. What's good news? What's, what's, what's good news to someone who is hungry? Food. And what's good news for someone who's depressed and and anxious, it's peace. And what's good news for someone about to go to hell? Pardon, redemption, forgiveness, freedom. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I end this message quoting three scriptures. And I'll ask you to help me sing that song one more time, the refrain. But Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. That's great. Psalm 69:30: I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I've I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I've been redeemed redeemed. by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Saved and sanctified I am. All my sins washed away. I've been redeemed. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs)